0: In Canon It's Wednesday, you know what that means It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast The podcast where I talk about all things geek The podcast where we talk about all things pop culture We're your hosts, I'm Boris And as always, I'm joined by Phil Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, Mr. Boris? I'm doing pretty good. I'm
1: doing fantastic, actually. That is excellent to hear on this nice, lovely Wednesday.
0: Yep, on this beautiful,
1: exciting Wednesday. You know what? I'm sad, though, man. I'm sad. Because Friday, there's not a new episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that kind of sucks That kind of sucks But Next week We will have a new Disney show to watch Because it's May the 4th So We have stuff to do Stuff to talk about
1: Yeah It's a a topic I like Yeah
0: I'm sure it'll be interesting Yep So Today It being our Midweek episode It's usually our TV And other stuff reviews So today We're going to be talking About all things Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode number six the season finale
1: yeah well like talk about our concern about tying up loose ends Mm -hmm. they uh they in my opinion they did pretty darn good job of uh collecting them all and and bringing them to a good spot like yeah in the grand scheme of things yes
0: I think maybe they tried to tackle a little too much, um, yeah. especially I find in that like the last quarter of the episode, it was just like mm-hmm. scene reveal, scene reveal, scene, big drop reveal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. It, it got a little bit. I don't know, like like you were saying on the on the prep for this one and whatnot, or on the on our, on our weekly news roundup. We kind of nailed a lot of the, the stuff in this, in this episode about those reveals and yeah. whatnot. Um, yeah, we basically, I don't know if we're getting that good or if it was just that predictable. <laughs> I think it's a
0: little bit of both. You know, I think it's something yeah. that we talked about last week with this show, and I think, you know, it's what I'm a little nervous of, and that's the formulaic nature of these Disney Plus shows um, where you... Kind of see certain things coming. Um and, and, and here's the thing, not that it's not a bad thing when you can predict a lot, right? It it's for yeah. me it's always about the execution. And I think that overall this show did a great job of, you know, um doing certain things. Now, before we get yeah. into things, I want to talk about, you know, the show in general. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and why it was a great idea to make this a show as opposed to to a movie. And it's something that we started talking about on Sunday during our news episode and that's, mm-hmm. you know, what's the future of the show? Should there be a season 2 or should they make a Captain America movie? I think it's going to be both. Now, one thing that I really appreciate about the show is the fact that as I mentioned on Sunday, it's a 6-hour Movie, you know, you have the time to mm-hmm. to 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 do a lot. You you know, you get into the world building. You know, you introduce Madripoor, you introduce new characters, you introduce the world in which the MCU is in now because of the GRC, because of the displacements, because of you know the blip. You have this new world that we're trying to get familiar in, and we see the issues that this world has now. So I think they they did a great job of building the world. They did a great job of transitioning. Characters into what they will be moving future like moving down the line in future mm-hmm. MG, MCU projects. Um, I think that if they were to do the transition of Captain America in a movie, it wouldn't have felt as special as it did in this show. You know, especially when you consider the character of Isaiah Bradley, especially when you consider you know the treatment of you know people of color in general in the United States and in the MCU, and kind of you know how. Are neglected in history, and kind of like you know, we need to take steps to do better, um, especially you know with that with the, with that final scene with Isaiah Bradley. I think that the overall transition and the tension of Bucky and Sam in terms of why did you throw the shield away or why did you give the shield away, I should say, um, you know, which leads into kind of Sam's um, journey into becoming the new Captain America is well spent in a TV show slash 6-hour yep. movie as opposed to a you know even let's just say a 3-hour movie.
1: Oh yeah yeah we could we could really go on that journey right and we, which is what we did and even in the 6-hour movie show that we have I, a lot of it was spent on action which is fine that's what we wanted but they were able to give us those scenes that those those moments that had Particular gravity towards the characters that you wouldn't have been able to do in a movie. They would have felt awkward Mm -hmm. or out of the, like, they would have been edited out. They would have, they would have possibly been filmed and included as an extra, but it wouldn't have had the impact that it did. Like, even as simple as the bank scene when he's there with his sister trying to get the loan and whatnot. And there's, there's just, all these things that they were able to do that got you closer to the protagonists, right? Either mentally or or compassion wise, things like that. And I, I think that, you know, even even in our, our discussion about the show, in some of the revelations about the GRC and the challenges that they have and just understanding the scope of it, it was really good to have those week long breaks. To mull it over Mm -hmm. And to think about that And you don't get that in a movie A movie is a continuous kind of assault on your senses And and it has to be bludgeoning in its messages to be effective Whereas this had nuance This was touching subjects that are really heavy on the American psyche Especially right now Especially after last summer and yeah, like bravo, bravo. But as well, I get the idea to want to see Captain America, like the uh, Falcon being Captain America on the big screen, and maybe going with a story and a bad guy that needs the attention of the big screen. I mm-hmm. get the the evolution into Captain America Four. And I think that that's important to do, because I think it's important to have a black Captain America on the screen in the box office. I think that that's important for a lot of people, and I, I, would, I would celebrate it. I would, I would think that that would be something that when the world gets back to normal, that people want to go see that summer blockbuster and, and celebrate the fact that it's okay and completely normal. To have a black Captain America, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that those are my feelings on on that whole thing. I, I, it's it's, it's right, what you're saying. It's right where it's going, and I would still be okay if they wanted to make a show, a second season, about it. I would yeah. be okay. I think all things can exist in this universe.
0: Yep. Yeah. One thing that you know, I believe that what makes this. Transition and this back and Forth of TV Shows and movies easier is the Fact that TV shows are getting a respectable Budget you know if they were getting mm-hmm. Agents of shield budget This would not have the same impact Whatsoever
1: yeah True that true that because you know. Honest to God The uh, the effects and even The um, the Casting the the fact That you have the same actors From the movies portraying themselves in the show and adding star power into it you know what i mean adding the julie lewis dreyfus you know what i mean like adding these these mega people into it this just speaks to the 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 amount of money you're right because if that if they're cutting corners on budgets and they're they're using extras to fill certain roles and they're they're maybe going for a B-list actor instead of an A-list actor yep. to reprise something, it definitely affects the quality of the show, especially if that person shows up in the movies and they're not well-suited
0: towards Exactly. That. And that's the thing. Like, I just think that this back-and-forth that they're doing is only working well because Disney is doing a great job, Marvel, MCU, whatever you want to call it, they're doing a great job of casting with... A budget in mind and they're letting things play out on the small screen as they would in the big screen it's just a longer form of storytelling um we're gonna talk about kind of what we think is gonna happen after this in the future because i have some uh some things i wanna i wanna touch on with you we haven't really discussed this because i wanted to wait until this episode so Um, Let's just jump right into it. So, uh, you know, similar to WandaVision, we jump right into the action in this finale. Uh, So, you know, literally within moments, Bucky and Sharon Carter are on the scene assessing the hostage situation taking place ahead of the GRC's vote. Um, Carly has this huge plan where she essentially wants to divide the heroes and misdirect the hostages as several of her. Uh, flag smasher uh, disguise themselves as security, military, or pilots. Um, Bucky and Sharon split up while Sam and uh, George Batrock trade kicks. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, the you know one of the bigger uh, fights. So Carly's crew shepherds the clueless DRC senators into police trucks for Carly to intercept elsewhere. Um, Sharon uh, kills a flag smasher. Bucky faces Carly, and Sam hits his trusty red wing drone back from the dead after Carly destroyed it in an earlier version. um Sam eventually frees the passengers and even saves another police helicopter in the process, much to the delight of many observing new Yorkers.
1: yeah, you know here comes Sam in the bird outfit, but Captain
0: Americaized, you know? He's yep. he's got it's the, the Wakandan Captain America suit. So as we guessed last week, that was in the box. Um, yeah, it was the Captain America suit because again, it makes sense, right? Like he's not a super soldier, he's a normal person, and I think they're going to, you know, they're making that distinction between super soldier and normal per person, and one way that Sam can kind of power up is to have Wakandan armor.
1: Yeah, and you called it, right? And they specifically said that They said, you know, the vibranium is the necessary tool To basically give him his powers Or give him that edge that would be needed to fight super soldiers Or anything else that comes up in the MCU And even in that sequence when he rescues the helicopter pilots Out of the police helicopter He does this move where he puts the wings around him The vibranium wings And the shield is on top. Mm -hmm. Like it's purposely built to make this little huddle thing. I thought that was so cool. I was just like, oh man, that is the shit right there. Yeah, That is such an awesome thing. And even in some of the fights, he deploys the wings to stabilize him Mm -hmm. against some of the kicks and whatnot that these super soldiers are able to deliver. So it's funny to me that it's a half cowl. I know it's going after the comic book look. But I'm like, I would want my noggin covered in vibranium if I was flying around in a suit. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be doing it with a you know, freaking a right?
0: I think it was really cool that they made a very comic-like representation of the costume, but I also think that, like, in actuality, it, some of it just doesn't make sense. Um, but whatever, he's going to get an upgrade when it's time for Captain America 4 to come around or whatever it yeah, is in the I, future.
1: I, I think that this is um uh it's almost like um a Captain Marvel type thing. Remember in Captain Marvel near the end they gave her the the suit that she had in the comic books and the look yeah. that she had in the comic books. And then in Endgame they they bring Brie in, in her updated suit. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? That's more acclimatized to her. So they paid homage yeah. to the books. And then they evolved it into what they wanted her to be, and I think that's what we're going to see with this Captain America outfit. It was a little bit shoulder paddy to me because of those shoulders and whatnot. And I know that Anthony Mackie isn't really that shouldery, mm-hmm. so it was like was it probably was a little bit uncomfortable for him maybe. Yeah, but it looked good. It looked good. I was I was jumping for joy. Yep, seeing him and just seeing the the iconic wings. So yes. It was just, uh, they really did a great job on executing on that.
0: Yep. I honestly thought that we were going to see the new um, Falcon, so Torres, in this, but I guess they're going to be waiting mm-hmm. for that. Anyways, jumping back into things, uh, Bucky is outnumbered by Carly and company as he attempts to free the remaining hostages, but John Walker em- reemerges in his old Captain America getup to confront Carly and avenge his fallen partner, Lamar Hoskins. Um. So within a matter of <laughs> seconds, his knockoff Captain Shield is crushed, and I love like they do this whole mid credit scene just for it to be destroyed within seconds.
1: Yeah, I was I was but, watching it thinking this thing's got to buckle, and it yeah it, it was it's aluminum crap. like and yeah. uh, and you know
0: it's 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 also kind of saying like you're not Captain. It's a symbolic way of saying you're not Captain America. Don't even try to be Captain America, and I kind of like that's kind of what. That represented uh, because You know later on he becomes Who we've mentioned he would become um, Officially
1: Yeah and yeah that, That's exactly right I I enjoyed Watching him try to prance Around with that shield And be as effective And watch it All fall apart essentially mm-hmm. yep. And I think that that's a great Euphemism for him as a character In that moment especially when he sees Sam in the outfit with the yes. shield. Yeah. And it's almost like this uh you can read his body language of resignation and acceptance. Yeah. Like yeah, this guy can pull it off. This guy is a hero. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And and that's that's maybe it's me projecting that, but that's the way I legitimately felt, but I also found it interesting that Sam and Bucky accepted him in their, you know what I mean? Like, they they were like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Like, you know what I mean? it like, wasn't this They revulsion. never really
0: hated him per se, right? They were more mad at each other. No. And they were upset at the fact that it was this government-mandated Captain America. But I don't think they never really had issues with John Walker, even after the fact. Even after what John Walker did You know, they never really hated him You know, they they they, they always try to find the good in people
1: Yeah, I, w- I was a little bit weirded out by The whole bloodying the shield thing That he did and killing somebody with it I get it, like I'm sure these guys are. have all felt like Killing the other guy Or especially after losing somebody I know that there's the gravity of Lamar's passing you know, in Battlestar, there that that John was really in the depth of, but there was an uh, there was a an observable thing that was happening through all this that I picked up on with him, and that is when he was looking to go after Carly, or save the truck. Go after Carly, save the truck. You can see him getting twitchy when he looks at Carly. And then you can see him shake it off and decide yep. that he wants to be the superhero, and get the truck. Yep. And that was interesting to me because that was noticeable, right? That that there was the twitchiness that we've remarked upon, and him dismissing it. So. Yep. Yeah, it changes things going forward for John. Yep. For me. And it does because, in general. Uh, yeah. Because, so,
0: as you just mentioned. Walker gets his moment of redemption, and he's given the choice between attacking Carly and saving one of the hostage trucks. Walker chooses the latter, grabbing a hold of the vehicle just as it's falling into a construction site, allowing Sam enough time to swoop in and bring it back to safety. So in the chase that follows, Carter locates Carly, and it's clear that this isn't the first time they've crossed paths. Carter is finally revealed to be the power broker. Um, she says, you know, when you came to Madripoor, you reminded me of a young meat, Carter tells Carly, as she lowers her gun. I took you in, gave you an opportunity, and you betrayed me.
1: Yep, it's the surprise we all saw coming. Yep. And then <laughs> she Carly isn't says, Mephisto. Yep,
0: yeah, she isn't Mephisto, but she is the power broker. Uh so Carly replies by saying, You wanted to control a world that hurt you, but I wanted to change it. So it kind of shows that Sharon Carter is pissed off at people for how she was treated after Captain America Three Civil War.
1: Yeah, she has a right to be. I I do struggle with This revelation though In the sense that It never really struck me as something Her character would be capable of And I guess the believability Factor of her Becoming the power broker I always just assumed That the play was going to be Maybe there's a different person Playing the power broker and she's just Helping out with it and maybe not realizing How bad of a bad guy She is But She's full in on it, right? It, it became pretty noticeable even early on when she gassed one of the guards with this mercury gas. Mm-hmm. That that was a pretty brutal way to go, and she had no remorse. Yeah. So I'm like, the, the it was already tipping pretty heavily towards, this woman's mean. <laughs> so, and it's a choice it's a choice it may not be consistent with what they wanted us to believe with her character in the past but it's a choice now and uh it makes things interesting going forward
0: i have a (laughs) scenario for you but we're going to talk about it at the end of the show because it does involve the post credit scene all right so sharon carter tries to convince carly to return to her service forgiving her for stealing her supply of super soldier serum but carly refuses but Trock Uh, Who'd been secretly hired to work with the Flag Smashers by the Power Broker Stumbles in to finish his betrayal of Carly But he evidently never knew that Sharon was the Power Broker And foolishly tries to blackmail her on the spot Carter shoots and kills him
1: Bad call, man Yep (laughs) so funny she's the one that set him up with all that stuff to go after falcon right yep exactly she's she's been playing both ends
0: yep that's what i love about this It's, it's just like everyone always plays both sides like you know with hydra now with the power broker and i think there's a lot more to it i think there's many more sides because the question i will pose right now is who is on the other side of those phone calls that sharon always has
1: yeah, that's the that's the question, right? Is it just basically one of her partners or an investor or is it somebody higher up that she answers to? Or is it Zemo? Like exactly. there's this there's a lot going on here and as well, you know, like we we will get into it, but Zemo's got his fingerprints all over this too, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Like it could even
0: be our second um, guess of who the power broker was, and that's Thunderbolt Ross, right? Like this could, yeah, because he's in charge of the raft, Mm -hmm. so he's
1: not far away. Yep,
0: he's he's in arm's length away from all of this and from everyone in the situation, right? So it's everyone just being
1: being played, similar to Hydra, right? Yep, exactly, and that's that's. Kind of where my line of thought Is going because it took me a second Watch through to fully realize What had happened at the end In terms of um, Who did what And reported to whom And which conversation Was being had with Val Mm -hmm. And things like that Because that all changed everything So now Our US agent has Has Uh, Tendrils that go to another comic book Series, the Dark Avengers Well, (laughs) that's exactly
0: Where I'm gonna That's one of my theories Alright, so Sam arrives uh, So Carly Shoots Sharon Carter in the waist Sam arrives just when Carly is about to finish off Carter And makes one final attempt to prevent her From going further down the dark path She's taken Sam refuses to fight But his act of mercy fails to sway Carly Just as she's about to gun down Sam Carter now briefly on her feet Shoots and kills Carly
1: Yeah muddying those waters right? Playing both ends Playing both ends And and covering her own ass and basically, taking the only other person who knows who she is on the playing field out. Right. Yep. The two people who figured her out thing.
0: are dead now. So.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there's other people who know, but like I say, these are the two pieces that are on the battlefield right now, and and pose the most danger to Sharon. So yep. Sharon had to do what Sharon had to do, and she pulled the full Karen, and took care of Carly.
0: Yep. Um, Sam flies back to the police Holding Carly in his arms And makes a speech to three GRC Senators In an attempt to convince them To reconsider their votes On the act that Carly died fighting against One that would reset the world's borders And displace millions The speech, all caught on camera And broadcast over the news Also serves as Sam's first public address As a new Captain America If you could remember what it was like To be hope helpless And and face a force so powerful it could erase half the planet, you would know that you're about to have the exact same impact. He says, this isn't about easy decisions, Senator. You just don't understand, the Senator dismissively replies, and then this is the part that was awesome. He says, I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people out there who are going to hate me for it. Even now, here, I feel it. The stares, the judgment, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Yet, I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair, no blue eyes. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better.
1: Yeah, it was a nice moment. It really was. It was It was a little bit heavy-handed, mm-hmm. but well, it was- it needed to be. Right? It was a direct it, it, response it his to his conversation with with Isaiah Bradley, right? It's basically yeah, it was, talking to Isaiah more than anything else. Yeah, it was that it was it was him explaining being at peace with making the decision. And it was also him taking a page out of Steve Rogers' book and owning the mantle of Captain America and the responsibility that you have to the people mm-hmm. and whatnot and explaining yourself and he did it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that fits about it. The first time I watched it, I just felt it was very disjointed, but I appreciated the message, right? I liked what I heard. I just didn't like the way it was done, necessarily in the show, but it had to be done. So, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to I'm not going to nitpick it. It just felt a little weird. Second time I watched it, it felt a little bit better. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those moments and I like it. I like overall the tone. It's a really simplistic argument, it really is. But that's all you can do. You know, I know that there's infinite shades to that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I I think the the senator is just choosing to shut the fuck up because the the cameras are rolling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's and but it's just you know, the eventuality. Well, the GRC decided to go against it and not do the vote and all this stuff. Like it worked. And um that's interesting, mm-hmm. that was a choice But, so you know
0: Yep, yeah. so after witnessing what the GRC's actions have done to people across the world firsthand, Sam is well aware of the hypocrisy and failure of the government Sam doesn't want the sacrifice of those like Isaiah or even Carly to go in vain um, So this one particular oblivious senator is so fixated on Carly's misguided methods That he fails to consider why Carly and her crew were fighting In the first place Um, So soon after the GRC scraps the Path Act And Falcon begins to tie up some loose ends uh, John Walker gets a new costume As he meets with... so, yeah, so yeah, John Walker eventually gets his new costume. Uh, he meets with Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine and becomes the U.S. <laughs> agent. Uh, Baron Zemo gets the last laugh from prison as his loyal old butler detonates a bomb that kills three of the surviving flag smashers. Uh, Yuri Nakajima gets closure as he, um, as Bucky crosses off a name in his list. Of amends by finally telling Yuri About his part in the death Of his son and Sam Plays a final visit to Isaiah Bradley And his grandson Ellie And provides Isaiah uh, with a At least a small piece of the Recognition he deserves for his heroics In the war and the sacrifices He's made although Isaiah Is owed a lot more for everything He endured at the hands of the US government Sam has arranged for a special Isaiah Bradley section at the Captain America exhibit in the Smiths no Smithsonian. Um, so yeah, so they've enshrined Bradley as a part of the mantle, legacy. So that's uh, that's that.
1: Yeah, and that was that was the stuff, right? Where we had the uh, the chauffeur taking out the the the, um, the super soldiers, right? Blowing up the the, the van. Now. That was interesting because Val's little Speech to US agent like first Of all US agent interesting That he's going from the stars And stripes to wearing black And now we have a black Captain America Wearing white which is kind Of a a dichotomy and whatnot, an interesting little take on it On that level in the show But Val basically Says that she planned Everything like she's been In communication with with Zemo In the raft And she's basically saying In that scene that It's like I planned it, but I didn't plan it But I did plan it You know what I mean? So she basically is working with Zemo's butler In order to take this out So, take them out And uh, that makes Zemo happy Because there's less super soldiers In the world, and we know he hates super soldiers So that really just leaves us With Isaiah and Bucky As the last remaining super soldiers On the field that we know of Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting because it sets off where all this is going to go, and obviously, um, you know where it potentially could go. I I don't think we're looking at a Hydra kind of thing right now, but we're looking at something a lot different, a lot bigger. With, a lot bigger, yeah, yeah. And then we have what you're going to talk about in the post-credit scene with Sharon. So,
0: yep, exactly. So before I go there, Sam and Bucky return to Delacroix. Louisiana to celebrate with Sam's sister, Sarah and her kids. The duo has come full full circle after butting heads in previous films and most of the series, but both have now finally found new purpose, even in the post blip world without their mutual friend, Steve Rogers to guide them. In Bucky's case, it's happiness. In Sam's case, he is now captain America and has accepted his um, role in shaping this new world. World.
1: Yeah, and that killer song at the end. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, there's there's a lot of good about that. I really like that scene because they felt natural. They felt like they were actually friends, and I did like that Bucky dropped the book off with the therapist, and it was interesting because of the way that they again we remarked upon it in our analysis, originally about. Putting Bucky against that backdrop of the serene forest, and I liked how that was used with this shot because yep. it meant that Bucky finally found some peace.
0: Yep, his inner right? peace. Right, and
1: yeah, it it he and you know it was cute because he was holding his arm out and the kids were hanging off of yeah. it and all that. Like there was a lot of fun that was being had in a very quick take. It just seems way. like for the first time it. in
0: a long time, these characters can lay back, relax, and enjoy their lives. They don't have to worry about a Thanos. They don't have to worry about you know being fugitives. They can finally just chill for once in their life.
1: Yeah, and I, I like that vibe. It was it it was a big payoff for me. I yeah. I found it was extremely comforting mm-hmm. to end the show like that, and to have. That kind of closure And to know Like I say That these guys are friends And they're going to be friends And yep. they're, we're going to see them In other stuff And they're going to be a good team Yep You know so it- His acknowledgement Of tapping the shield Even uh, After All the crap went on Exactly, so in
0: the post-credits scene uh, The government not only provides Sharon Carter With a full pardon for her past aid Of then-fugitive Steve Rogers In Captain America Civil War But gives her back her old job in the CIA uh, CIA. So the newly reinstated Agent Carter Barely makes it out of the door Before she begins setting up deals As the power broker uh, Start lining up our buyers She commands over the phone Super soldiers might be off the menu but we're about to have full access to government secrets, prototype weapons, you name it. Should be something for everyone.
1: Yep. So, yeah. So interesting. She just moved into a big category now. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So there's a couple things here. My take is that this is setting up Armor Wars. Um, Yep. You know, because as you kind of hinted at, we are getting... The Dark Avengers storyline at some point Right Um, We're seeing a lot of Who the Dark Avengers are And I think that it's kind of cool that we're at this point Now where it's like okay So this is one of the storylines we're going to see So that's my take Now, Yeah I I would agree One of the other things uh, One of the theories that I thought of And I haven't gone online I don't know if anyone is talking about this And that is that This isn't Actually, Sharon Carter. That this is part of Secret Invasion, and this is actually mm.
1: a scroll. Yeah, it's a possibility too, because they can do that now, right? Exactly. They, they and that might explain the 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 characters change, mm-hmm. right? And um, Secret Invasion is something that's happening. Armor Wars is something that's happening. And uh, Disney have announced these things And um, they're obviously setting it up Because we know now that Disney don't waste footage On stuff that's not going to have impact
0: Exactly So Um, so, yeah, so with either scenario You know, let's talk about the secret invasion scenario first If we go to the secret invasion scenario You know, Sharon Carter might not be Sharon Carter Um, You know, a scroll might be the one Who's actually, you know, controlling all of this? Um, you know, we don't know to what degree things are at. We don't know what side Fury's on anymore. We don't know really what's going on in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, that's if we take the secret invasion and the sudden change in character, or these could actually be lining up to the exact same thing. Like it could be, you know, the the secret invasion is the Dark Avengers.
1: Yeah, that's possibility too, right? It's it's an interesting dynamic that they're they're playing with because as we know, they love to go to the comic books for for the ideas, but they change their execution in the movies and mm-hmm. the show.
0: Yep. And it's, look they, at Civil
1: War, right? It had the idea yeah.
0: of the Sokovia Accords or, you know, the government mandated laws. But they had their MCU spin to it um, So taking a look at the Dark Avengers Let's let's take a look at who they actually have So you have White Vision uh, You have U.S. Agent You have Black Widow's sister Who we have yet to um, be introduced to uh, We have Scorpion from Spider-Man We have Madame Hydra Who's going to be playing the Nick Fury character Remember Abomination from the Hulk? Well, he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Agatha as Scarlet Witch, and we have Iron Man, who we don't know who's going to be Iron Patriot because the Armor Wars, in my opinion, or my speculation, that's where we're gonna find out who yep. the you know the the Dark Iron Man is going to be.
1: Yep, I think you're one hundred percent right. Yep. <laughs> like this is all being templated. Yeah. it really is. <laughs> I know, it's, right? It's when we know that that. There's a new Falcon that's going to be coming along. We know that, you know, we're meeting uh, Isaiah's son is going to be playing a part in all this at some point as, as what is it, Patriot? And there's just so much. Like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, they, they, they can literally choose or choose not to do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And they're still going to be writing the checks Yeah, we have
0: Young Avengers that are lined up We have Secret Invasion We have Arbor Wars We have Dark Avengers There's just so many directions And one thing that they did say is that this phase Is going to be a lot of small storylines As opposed to a major Thanos-like
1: ending Right? Mm -hmm. Like
0: it's going to be a lot of smaller things As opposed to this big shebang at the end
1: Well, you have to look at the fact that There was one phase, like, one, two, three You know what I mean? Like, the phases themselves didn't do a Thanos At the end of each phase They built to a Thanos, right? And that's what they're doing now They're putting in the groundwork To get the stuff done Now, I got a question for you Mm -hmm. Is there going to be A time at which There's just too much And you're gonna go back and just be like Remember when the Avengers was just this? Yeah Because honestly I'm starting to lose My taste for everything With the secret invasion crap Mm -hmm. Because it's So maddening That As a person watching this And absorbing it And then to think that Well It could be part of the secret invasion Yeah, And you can't trust anything That's Disney have to be really careful here Or Marvel does Really, really careful about how they do this Because It can get frustrating for the fans The casual fans Really fast Where if you're constantly Screwing over your audience With these gotcha moments And then Like completely Like non-payoff gotcha moments You know what I mean? Like These are all devices used in order to Excuse or Get around certain storyline options And just go, oh, secret invasion It's a scroll. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. And, then, and like, oh, come on Really? Everybody's a scroll. You can't trust your eyes on anything anymore I just hope it doesn't get that way I don't it think it's going to feels- get
0: to that extent But one thing And I've been ta- saying this since 2015 That is that um, You know, one thing that the MCU Isn't doing as well Is letting each uh, Piece of art Be its own thing Because it's always Setting something Bigger up And this is the issue With you know The creative control That directors have um, You know that Where they have to do Certain things They're limited In how much freedom They actually have We saw this with Directors being fired And leaving You know Particularly yeah. Ant-Man um, You know Because They lose control They They have to do so much and set up so much for the next property so you know it, it's it's great that everything is connected and everything leads somewhere but we lose a little i don't know what the as the french say right um yeah you know it's we're, we're leaving something on the on the table and that's letting each property kind of breathe and be its own thing um and i think that. Will ultimately hurt the MCU in the grand scheme of things But, you know, this has never been done before It's never going to be done again In terms of this interconnectivity world um, And, you know, through various genres and mediums So, I don't know, we'll see
1: I can can completely see this day where I'm like firing up Disney Plus Or grabbing my movies and just watching their first Avengers and just thinking how simple life was. Mm-hmm. Because these storylines are getting absolutely crazy. Now they're fun. They are fun. But I uh, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm I so they're they're not giving each story its own breadth, uh, its own ability to exist on its own and this interconnectivity is getting a bit played. You know, mm-hmm. like it it is a danger. It is it is legitimately a danger. It feeds the same thing that it detracts from though. That's the yeah. worst part. You know, you go because you want the interconnectedness, but at the same rate it works against it on another level. <laughs> yep. Good problem to have for them, but it is a great it, problem. It's I'm more concerned about everything always being flipped on its ear and somebody pulling a mask off and being a scroll. <laughs> I yeah. just find it I don't that's, think that covers lazy writing. <laughs> but it <laughs> hasn't
0: happened yet. you know, it's always been post-credit scenes where we see something into that effect, but yeah. it hasn't been the the main driver of a story just yet.
1: Yeah, and that's my, that's where my worry is is that when you do it and you will have to do it at some point, just do it well, please, because if you screw over the audience in it and I, I, don't, I don't think Marvel will. It's just a fear. Mhm maybe unfounded they 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 have earned my trust in what they're accomplishing here but it could also lose people a lot you know it's this whole idea of the multiverse this whole idea of what they're going to do with loki i know it's going to execute well but man there's some danger in there because it's intimidating to some people and i know they're trying to bite it down so you accept it in little bits instead of throwing it all at you. And then at the end of it, you're going to go, oh, wow, I really enjoyed all that. And I took it in and I drank it, right? Like, oh, end game with all the different timelines and all this stuff. And you're, you're going to get to a good spot, I think. But they're, they're really good at it. But I, it's just one misstep and could cost them a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's on them. <laughs> it's, it really is like what we have is gold. So we're always going to have that, I guess
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it Uh, So yeah, so we'll we'll see where they kind of go with this There's so many directions where this can go Um, But yeah, it's just just so crazy And again, I just love the fact that it was I love two things We talked about the fact that everyone You know, Sam and Bucky get R&R they get the happy ending, um, which is very rare in Marvel nowadays. But I hmm. love the fact that the title card at the end changed from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier.
1: Yeah, that was, that teared me up a little bit. I, there's one thing that gets me in movies, all right? I'll tell you something. If I watch Return of the King, Lord of the Rings there, Return of the King, I get emotional watching that. Because people get their credit, people get their 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 due. They get paid their respect, mm-hmm. and I have a difficult time seeing that on screen when it's well done with people that I care about. And I felt that way with this too in that moment, and also in the moment with Isaiah when Sam brings him in to show him the trophy or show him the the statue, and the, and and the fact that he's being recognized were all very emotional moments for me because, uh, you know, I could, I could feel, I I was compelled by that. I, I was just like really, it's a bit lazy in one sense, but it's also just nice for the story. It was, it gave that nice closure. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's nice. It's a nice feeling to have. Yeah. Right. And I like the fact that Isaiah felt the love. Yeah. And I like that. That it was a redemption of Sam's character And Sam's choices Which wouldn't be his Mm -hmm. But he was able to achieve it through his choices So there's a lot of little underlying things In there that that I took away As very positive but like I say I know me personally as a guy It it gets a little heavy on me I don't know why that is But I always find it a little bit uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is But
0: at the end of the day It was just it was. It was a nice little ending. It was happy. It was. You're right. It was a little emotional, but at the, it was just well done. So just like that show, leaving us in a nice little package. We should probably do the same. So let's do what we do every episode. And Phil, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of us.
1: Of course, if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what makes you emotional when watching this kind of stuff. You can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at itscanonpodcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us basically Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast show. And uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a rate and review if the platform allows it. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. On your busy Wednesday midweek episode.
0: Yep, that's right. It's fun. I like it. I enjoy it. So that it's it. Another episode done. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night.